Welcome to the Life Atelier podcast. I'm Emma Lavelle, I'm your host, and we are on lesson four of the self-coaching framework. <laughs> lesson four of 12. I hope that doesn't feel, um, <laughs> I hope that doesn't feel too exhausting. They're little lessons, they're bite-sized. And if you think about it, three months, you know, so if you take one small action step on each of these, Rita is sighing in the background, um, if you take one small action step in response to these lessons each week for three months, who knows where you'll be? It's quite exciting. So this topic today is about curating and nurturing your confidence. And <laughs> I always say this, but it's an important one. They're all important, but, but this really is important. Um, I would love for you to just take a moment before I go into the the topic, into the material, and just think about your own confidence and think about questions or associations that you have. So when I say confidence, do you start to think about confidence in your physical appearance? Do you think about confidence in a professional environment? You know, confidence speaking up in your home life, it can be a really good signal of an area that you're not feeling so confident in, if that's what jumps into your mind when I mention confidence. Now, it might also signal that you've been working hard at feeling more confident in this area as well. But it's interesting because confidence, it's just a word. And as with all words, they have slightly different meanings for each of us based on our experience and based on our cultural background. And for me, confidence, I used to associate it with probably swagger. You know, there would be something about like, yeah, I walk into a room and I'm confident and I can own the room. And that has changed enormously over the last few years. I now see confidence as quite quiet. Um, I would associate it with a groundedness, with somebody that has a calm energy where they are quite comfortable disagreeing with people. And it's not in an aggressive way. It's not a loss of control, but it's about an energy. And that might be from the fact of working with animals. And, you know, I don't professionally work with animals, but I have... Um, <laughs> A difficult dog, let's say, and I spend a lot of time with animals, and I notice that they respond to my energy. And also, as a teacher, the person on the other side of the camera to me when I'm teaching online will also respond to my energy. We're all bouncing off each other, and if I come into a Zoom call miserable, stressed, tense, I can see how I pass that on to the person on the other side. And there was an amazing um, advert a couple of years ago. And I've also heard someone else talk about it. I can't remember who, so I do apologize. But talking about how anger or depression or anxiety, it can be like holding a black ball and you're throwing the ball to someone else or you're holding the ball yourself. And, and so for me, confidence is about that kind of carrying this ball. Really, I see it as something that's like quite light. It's kind of gently glowing. And that's what you've got. You, you don't have to think about holding it. You just carry it with you. It kind of bumbles around you. And, and that's what I'm trying to cultivate when I think about my own confidence is how can I have that balance, that energy and that thing that's reliable. 
And then the impact of that, of confidence, is is what I'll start to go into in a moment. But it's definitely about decision making, it's about autonomy, and it's about, you know, how do you how do you live, how do you demonstrate a way to live for other people around you? Because there's always someone watching and seeing how you make decisions. So one other question for you before we start, I know we're five minutes in, but is do you remember losing confidence? And I think I might have shared this in a, a podcast previously, but I, <laughs> it sounds silly now, but I remember running with my brother pretending to be um, horses. And, and I remember shouting to him like, just gallop, just gallop. And I literally remember where I was and I was running into the leisure center where in our town. And I remember a lady laughing and I thought she was laughing at me. I don't know if she was laughing at me. Really, I've got no idea. But at that time, I suddenly realized, oh, we look silly. And, and immediately stopped and just tried to walk normally and became really self-conscious. And I must have been seven or eight. So even that silly thing that really isn't very, uh, very big thing, it's big enough that 30 years later, I can remember that. So you might have had, in fact, not might have, you will have had some experiences when you were a child, teenager, it doesn't matter when, that will have knocked the confidence that you naturally had. And we want to go back to what was your confidence before that happened? And how can we fill in the gaps? You know, I talk about filling in the gaps a lot because for me, it just expresses perfectly that you're already on your journey to where you want to be. You already have the potential to be confident and calm and radiant and have that energy with you all the time. It's just there are a few bits and pieces missing that we need to fill in. You're not starting from from complete scratch. So that brings me to the first area that I would like to, to bring to you in terms of thinking about your confidence and how do you build it. Now, I am obsessed with a book by Philippa Perry. It's called The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read and your children will be glad that you did. It's not just for people with children. One of the most fascinating things for me she talked about is this idea of rupture and repair. So she says that, because this is a book about relationships in general, but she says that you, if you have a child, you are going to hurt them, and you are going to do things badly, and that's okay. That's the rupture. The important thing is how you repair the rupture. And I love that idea because it stops it stops this feeling of brittleness to our relationships and to life. You know, we are strong. We are so strong. And the idea that you just, you know, one day you lose your confidence and that's it, it's gone. It's broken. I don't believe in that. And now in this book, she explains that it's not like that. We can repair things, we can fix them. And it's the same with trauma. Uh, When I was studying trauma-informed coaching, the most exciting thing I discovered was that trauma can be healed. You don't have to just live with it forever. And loss of confidence is a little trauma. You know, it's something, well, you might not have lost your confidence in a little way. It might be in a big way. But the point is you can repair it. So this idea of rupture and repair is fascinating and, and I think really, really liberating. The next thing I want you to think about when you 
come to your confidence and curating it and, and nurturing it is that your confidence can and will ebb and flow. There will be times in your life where you feel less confident about something, you feel unsure of yourself. Now that can be moving to another country, you know, and it can be suddenly not knowing what the etiquette is around you. I got, <laughs> I got really told off by an elderly French lady on Sunday for pouring too much wine into a glass. And if you had asked me 10 years ago when I was working in fine dining, do I know how to pour wine? Yeah, absolutely. Ask me anything. I'm your wine expert. That was in the UK. Do I know how to pour wine 10 years after working restaurants in France? Apparently not. Now, I could have got very offended and very upset when this lady <laughs> berated me. But actually, I initially found it quite funny because my confidence is in a fairly good place with these things. It's quite robust. But then I actually also appreciated her telling me. And I have enough experience of living in different cultures to know when someone is, in their eyes, helping you. And it might not feel like it at the time. <laughs> but putting yourself in a new situation, having a change in your identity, no matter how small, how big, that can affect your confidence as well. So if you're aware of that, that you're in a scenario where potentially you're in a bit of a an ebb with your confidence, you can look at taking some actions to build it again and to prop it up and make it a bit stronger. And how do you do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> That's our third point, evidence. Know what your brain likes and responds to. Now, there's a book called The Five Love Languages. I started to listen to the audiobook. You'll notice this is a pattern with me. Hated it, it was an old American man talking I just it really grated I just couldn't listen to it but people kept recommending it and people I respect recommended it again this is a pattern so I thought okay I'll try and read the book and it's very interesting because there are these five love languages which is how we demonstrate and how we appreciate love from uh, words of affirmation so being told you know you're so clever well done <laughs> that's one of mine I really love being told like yes well done, well done, you did that, that's very clever. For other people it's gifts, you know, if you express your love by giving gifts or receiving gifts, there can also be, I think it's acts of service, if you do things for other people, that's another one. So if you know how your brain likes to be encouraged and how it, how it appreciates and recognises things, you can start to collect evidence of, for your confidence as you go along. Now, for me, that might be scraps of emails from people, text messages where people have said thank you and they appreciated something. But for you, it might be, you know, if it's gifts, um, when did people respond? When did they when did they send you a thank you note? When did they send you thank you flowers? You know, something like that. So you start to collect this evidence and then you can keep it in a folder or you can keep photographs or wherever and you can start to use those pieces of evidence for when you're working on your confidence when it feels it needs a boost. And of course, if you do need some extra help with that, the Life Atelier Library will always be open so you can get the self-study courses there and we do have some spaces for group coaching as well. But you don't have to do that. You can do a lot of work this self. It's just if you like some uh, accountability and coaching in that environment. So if you do want a little bit of accountability, send me an email and tell me what you're working on and how you respond to confidence. <laughs> 